What is Christmas? The Christmas season. Uh, Christmas is a time like no other. And that was God's plan. That, that's what he designed it to be. That's what he ordained it to be. And that's what it always will be. Now to be sure, the only one who's working harder than a UPS, FedEx, or Amazon driver these days is Satan. And he's trying to wreak havoc. He's trying to rob people of all of the gifts that Jesus came into the world to give, their hope, their peace, their joy, their love. The hope that came because God sent into the world a gift that reconciles each one to him forever. Peace that comes from that grace. A peace in knowing that for all of eternity, as we're right with God, so too we experience his presence and all that that means far beyond the scope of our understanding, joy. A joy as we live each and every day and see God fulfill the promises that came in the person of Jesus Christ and knowing that they all will be for all of eternity and then love that wraps them all up and delivers them in a beautiful package, even Jesus Christ. Gifts that came in swaddling clothes and creates the wonder that we know is called Christmas. You know, um, when I was just a kid, I was filled with all kinds of excitement about Christmas. And uh, my, my brothers and sisters, I, there were five of us, would be shaking their heads. Um, my mom had a rule um, Christmas Eve that um, no matter what time you got up, we, we lived, our bedrooms were all upstairs. We were in a two-story house for the majority of my, my childhood. And uh, the stairs came down. And there was a door at the end of the stairs, and it was shut. And the rule was you don't open that door. And um, that rule was made because of me. <laughs> I would be up um, at sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning. I just couldn't sleep. And I had this um, uncontrollable excitement that caused me to wake up all of my brothers and sisters who weren't too fond of that. And I was just incredibly excited. And so I would sit right at the bottom of the stairs, just staring at that door, waiting for that door to open. And in due time, it did. Well, I still get really excited about Christmas. I've never lost the awe and the wonder. But it's for radically different reasons these days. See, I'm filled with awe and wonder at Christmas time because the door has been opened. And I know it. I know that God opened that door through Jesus Christ. A door that he opened for everybody. Everybody here, everybody listening, the entire world. The door has been opened. And God is waiting, waiting at the other side of the door for you to go and get your gifts. It's an incredible thing. It's a beautiful thing. And that's what we're celebrating this Christmas season. That's what this series is about. This is what our worship is about.
Kathy spent time looking at the truth of Psalm 121 last week, speaking about hope. And today, uh, it's a privilege to share with you truth about the gift of peace. And we're going to look at words um, from the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. And as we read them, indeed, I hope that you open up your heart to the gift of his peace fully and completely. Hear the word of God. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness had seen a great light. How those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You've enlarged the nation, increased their joy, and rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of God. It might have been written on our hearts and lived in our lives. Peace. Do you know the context of Isaiah? So Isaiah was a prophet that God sent to speak to the nation of Israel. And he began to speak um, with warnings and then with promises. Warnings because this was a nation who, who had turned and went their own way. These were a people that visibly and in their hearts had decided to trust in things other than God. Stuff their military might, others. And they were people who lost their way in terms of understanding what it meant to be God's people and became hollow and empty, a following of rules and regulations rather than a right relationship, a love for God. God told them about that and what would happen Isaiah clearly spoke about that, and then it happened. The nation was overthrown. They were sent into exile. They were moved away from their, their homes, from the life that they knew, family and friends. There was pain and hurt and confusion. There was a lot of things going on when Isaiah writes these words. 
words of promise, but words of encouragement as well. Like the words that we find in chapter 6. There's pain, confusion, and hurt in our world, wouldn't you agree? There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of lostness. There's a lot of gloom. There's a lot of despair. I'm not sure how you see things or what you're experiencing. But just as Isaiah spoke to the nation of Israel, so too does he speak to us. And he gives promises, God does, through his prophet that are true for you and me. Promises that will impact and change us all. We just, as that door opens, accept the gifts that God desires to give to us. None the least of these, the gift of peace that we're focusing on this morning. Verse 1 says this, and I want you to really think about this long and hard. This one sentence, there's so much more that follows. But how does that passage start out? Therefore, there will be no more gloom for those in distress. Therefore, there will be no more gloom for those in distress. God wanted to share something that was incredibly powerful for these people to grasp because there was gloom, there was distress. He wants to share something really powerful with you and with me, with all of us this morning. There will be no more gloom for those in distress. I talk to people and hear and know what's going on in hearts, and it's hard to hear. Because a lot of times I hear gloom and I hear distress. And that's why you really think about this promise, about what God is saying. It's there because of the prophecy, the verses that follow. No more gloom and distress. Why? Because I'm sending you someone. His name is Jesus. He's the Christ, the Messiah. And there were some that that understood, some that grasped. Are are any of you early risers? My wife should be raising her hand. What happens in early, early morning? Everything is dark. Why is it, I wonder, that darkness causes fear and anxiety? It just does. You can't see things. You don't know what's out there. And then what happens? It's dark out, and then you start to see it, that first crack in ray of dawn, light. See, there are some people who who always know that, that the light is coming. And it'll be there. That's how they live. Speaking of the light of Jesus Christ, it's always there in their heart, even when it's dark out. 
So that light starts to come, and there's people who, who are living like that. that. That's what these words are speaking of. They've seen it. They've seen it because they know God. And you know what? There's a dawning. There's going to be a new day. That's what God promised them. You're lost right now by your own volition, by your own choices. But I want to tell you something. I'm sending someone. Can you see it? Can you see the light? Can you understand? Can you start to grasp what I'm speaking of? There won't be any more exile. Some new. And, and you read about them, like, for example, in Luke 2, Simeon and Anna living with hope. There were thousands of others, just like in this world, just like in this sanctuary, people who know that God's got it, people who know Jesus Christ, people who have that light in their heart and in their life and for whom there will be no more gloom. They're so powerful. See, some even in that day in the nation of Israel were claiming it. They were living it. That's why there's truth in those words of verses 1 to 3. Despite some of the things that were still true, some of the things that were still going on and some of the things that still continue to this day, Prussian war. Read about that in verses 4 and 5. That Jesus will bring an end to all earthly oppression and rule. And I want you to think about that for just a moment as well. Because you know what? When you read those words, verses 4 and 5, and then you think about it, in that statement that's up on the screen, you, you might be wondering and thinking, and I, and I know that, that some certainly, and certainly in the world that's true. Well, if, if God is who he says he is, and Jesus really is the Messiah and the Christ, and says there's no more oppression, no more problems, how come it's still going on? There still is great oppression in this world, isn't there? There's still battles, there's still wars. Of course there is. All throughout Scripture, God speaks of it. He speaks of the ongoing presence of sin and evilness. Free will. People will choose a life differently than what God had planned for them. People will choose to oppress. People will choose to, to kill and to go to war for unjust reasons. God understands that. He knows that. He speaks of it. But I want to submit to you when you read those words, verses 4 and 5, that speak about the end of oppression, the breaking of a yoke, of a rod. It's not speaking about physical things. It's not speaking about, about a political things, about national things. That, that might well happen. That might be true. His peace and his presence can bring an end to those things. But he's speaking about something that's far, far beyond all of that. And this is where I want you to really hone in on what he's saying. And, and the, again, those words, no more gloom for those in distress, the end of oppression, et cetera, et cetera. Why is that true? Because, because God is speaking about Jesus Christ coming to end that 
war and, and all of that oppression and, and all of the things that are going on in our hearts. He came to end the war of our soul. There's a great battle for our souls. Satan wages war daily. Jesus brings an end to that. And it ends the day a life in Christ begins. It ended for you when you said you believe that God sent him to be your Christ, your Messiah. There's still physical things going on. There's still battles, there's still wars, struggles with sin, temptations, etc., etc. But the presence of Jesus Christ ended the forever battle of your heart and of your soul. I hope you believe that. And so as I think about what that means and what that can look like, I ask you a question. What are you getting for Christmas? Do you need peace? Would some peace be good? I want to ask um, every college student that's facing a, a mound of papers and exams, how about some peace? Would that be good? Moms that are at home, with little children doing race car circles around them. How about it? Would some peace be good? And of course, people that are dealing, struggling with some very real deep heart issues. Would some peace be good? Of course it would. You need more peace? Jesus can bring it. Just like any gift that we're given at Christmas time, we have an option to accept the gifts that he gives. We have a choice. When you're at your family gatherings, when you're celebrating Christmas and there's exchanging of gifts, I wonder, have you ever refused one? I wanted to, receive, I wanted to refuse that jacket. I didn't know that it was coming. Yeah, I think not. I bet if I had the opportunity to ask each and every one of you, so what do you think this Christmas when you're gathered with your family and somebody opens up their arms and they extend a present, that you're going to say, no, thank you. I don't want it. I don't think that's going to happen. Don't stage it to say that it's so. No, we take the gifts that people offer us. So I wonder why, why do we not open up our hearts and extend our arms to a loving Savior who wants to give us peace, who promised it, who brought it into the world, who wants to fill our days with this beautiful, wonderful thing called Peace.
not just peace either for for a day you know and that's one of the things that sometimes again is hard to understand because as we look at the world we know that there is a searching for peace in all of the wrong places is that not true people are looking for peace and answers in things if i only have this i'll be more happy i'll have peace in people in relationships in nations in the military we, we will have peace if this happens this will bring an end to the division and the strife in our country if this happens I want to submit to you, Jesus is the answer. And it is in him where real peace and lasting peace will be found. Things and other people can bring you temporary peace. That's it. But real peace, lasting peace, is found only in the person of Jesus Christ. And he can bring it. I love verse 6. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a Savior is born, and the government will be on his shoulders. And then the titles, then the titles. Think about the titles. Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. I, I, I know a lot of people who, who go to counselors, and I know why they go, because they're dealing with issues and struggles. Wonderful Counselor. He seeks to, to fill you, to lead you, to guide you, to help you, to empower you. And I'm certainly not saying it's not so. I wonder how often and how long people spend seeking the counsel of God, the wonderful counselor, as they do in another office. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Mighty God. Do you know a mighty God? Do you believe and trust in a mighty God? A God that can do all things, a God of the impossible. How does that bring peace in your heart? Because you know God's got it. Peace in a mighty God. That's who Jesus is. This, this validates that he had the capability and the power to do anything and everything that he said and that he promised. And he promised a lot. Mighty God. Everlasting Father, one and the same, attributes. It's awesome. Jesus can deliver. Everything that you read about in the New Testament, all of those promises, you, you get into John 14 and 16, filled with promises. He can. He can. He can bring you peace, real peace, lasting peace. He can. He is the Prince peace what are you getting for Christmas need more peace he can bring it don't know what that means I don't know what that looks like for you I know what the word of God says and I know I've experienced it personally in my life and so many others peace beautiful wonderful peace that passes understanding philippians 4 says it's amazing and it's so rich and it's so powerful and it's so awesome
takes a heart that's claiming it and moving towards it. His grace, his goodness, a belief in his promises, trusting. I have a little saying I like to say. I didn't come up with it. And I think it applies when we think about peace and experiencing peace in the world in which we live, in the ways in which we struggle. We have to let go. We have to let God go. Peace. The presence of Jesus Christ ends the war for our soul. And for all that is personal to us, he will protect, care, love, uphold. I love the words of verse 7 as well. And I want you to think about that in terms of the need for peace and the things that you're experiencing. Look at that first sentence again. Of the increase of his government, of his reign, of his rule, and peace, what's next? There will be no end. You can think about that in terms of time. You can think about that in terms of quantity. There's nothing that Jesus Christ can't bring you peace about. Lasting forever peace. I'm not saying that you won't have struggles and neither is God. Pains and hurts are real. But so is the promise of peace. So is the reality of everything that God desires to pour into your heart and into your life. And it starts with grace. You see what he says in the middle establishing and upholding it. This is verse 7. Establishing and upholding it. It happens, how? With justice and righteousness. Grace and truth. Alongside that defines the love of God. Righteousness. And see, that's where the nation of Israel had lost it. They were not striving to be right with God anymore. They decided that they knew better. They were traveling down their own road. Not too big of a stretch to think about that regarding our own nation. And yet there's peace, the peace of Jesus. And it's the peace that he wants you to experience, the peace that he beckons you and urges you to claim this Christmas season, whatever that looks like. Jesus said, I have come so that you may, this is in John 16, 33, I have come so that you may have peace in this world. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He said that so that you would hear it, you'd know it, you'd believe it, and that in him, you'd overcome. Not by your own power, not by your own might, not by your own sense of pulling yourself up, but by simply embracing the peace that he offers in Jesus Christ.
brothers and sisters, in Almighty God, wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, this Christmas season, may that truly be what you're getting, the peace of Jesus. Will you pray with me? Lord God, you're an amazing God. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of peace that is ours in Jesus, a peace that he promised personally, a peace that your word speaks about all throughout it. And I think of those words in Philippians 4 about laying things before you. I petition our prayers and requests with thanksgiving, and then we'll receive, O oh Lord, the promise that you give, even in your word now, when you call Jesus, give him the title of Prince of Peace, and that you say that this peace will have no end this peace that passes understanding that will guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Lord, I ask for that in your precious and in your holy name for everybody here. As I know, I know, Lord, that it's hard. There's things that we're all dealing with. And yet, oh, Lord, the awe and the wonder of Christmas is real. And it is alive, and I pray that you pump it, pump it and build it up, that it will rise up and fill our hearts to overflowing, fan into flame, oh Lord, the wonder and all that we have in you and the peace that we have in you as the Messiah, the Christ, our Messiah, our Christ, our Savior. This Christmas season, might we seek and then receive, oh Lord, all that you desire to give us your peace. In the name of Jesus, I pray it.